Homestyle Green, episode 98. What is 475? And how can it help you create a high-performance home? G'day and welcome to episode 98 of the Homestyle Green podcast. This is the podcast all about creating a sustainable home for you or perhaps you are a design professional that uh, wants to create sustainable homes for other people. Now that is pretty much what Ken Levinson was all about as an architect and he kind of self uh, admits that he was obsessed with climate change which kind of reminds me about why I started on this journey uh, to kind of answer the question about how we can create a more sustainable um, planet and, and looking after the environment. But what it's come down to for me, and I, and I think for Ken as well, is realizing that people are going to kind of, we're going to look after ourselves first in our own immediate environment. The good news is though, through uh, techniques like Passive House, you can look after yourself and look after your family and look after the planet at the same time. One of the challenges that Ken found, though, was uh, as a designer, where to find good products and uh, how to how to get a good supply of those uh, for the buildings that he wanted to create. And that was the genesis of four seven five. I'll let him explain exactly what that is, um, as he does in this episode. It's a bit of a, a longer one today, so we'll jump straight into it. Hope you enjoy. Thanks very much, uh, Ken, for joining us on the Homestyle Green podcast today. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Because you're a product supplier through 475, but you're actually an architect. Is that right? That's correct. Um, I'm an architect by training and uh, was a practicing architect for a little over 20 years. Um, I had my own small firm for a number of years, and we were doing many retrofits um, along the way, we uh, got more into low energy building and particularly passive house construction uh, and was very fortunate in the, the last few projects to do some passive house retrofits of buildings in the New York metropolitan area. And through that experience really, um, sort of not only got an appreciation of what was involved, but really an appreciation of what was lacking in the building supply industry in our region, yeah. specifically in, in the U.S. in general, and seeing that there was an opportunity there. Um, right. And so I was uh, fortunate to uh, partner with uh, a Dutch trained architect, Floris Keverling Busman, um, who's my business partner, uh, who's also Passive House Consultant, and um, we were and build four seven five now uh, for uh, three years. We've been going. It's yeah. still a very young and new company. Wow. Um, but we do find that our architecture background and our construction background is very beneficial, and that um, going and speaking with contractors, getting on the job sites, um, having real world experience. Um, we're not coming at it so much from selling products as it is trying to, uh, you know, collaboratively find the best solution. Yeah. Just going back uh, to, to your 
just going back to your consulting days, the jobs that you got doing retrofit passive house, what was the driver for those? Were they were they passionate clients who who had heard about passive house, or was it? Were you kind of influencing them? Um, it was a mix. Uh, mostly, we were influencing them. They were open minded to it, and right. uh, you, you know, we basically there were retrofit jobs that were going to be gut retrofits, going uh-huh. to basically the structure of the building to right. begin with. Right. Um, so, uh, really, in laying out the benefits of doing what we were doing um, in terms of not just the energy savings and 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 climate change issues, as it were, but um, in terms of comfort and indoor air quality, uh, it was very appealing. So, um, and also the idea that um, they have very good quality construction at right. the end of the day really um, was appealing. So those things, those comfort and um, plus the environmental benefits, was that the driver for you? I mean, where does where did that uh, motivation, because it must be harder for you as an architect to, to go down that passive house route. It's much easier just to put things back the way they were and make them a bit nicer on the inside. <laughs> uh, yes, what was the motivation no, for you as an no, architect? I mean, I have to honestly say it came about because I was becoming more and more obsessed with climate change. Right. I guess obsessed would be an appropriate word. And, um, you know, uh, I don't know, seven years ago or so, just really feeling it ramp up and getting into the science and, and looking around for things to deal with it in our professional practice. And, you know, it was interesting because, well, we always would consider things that we were doing being sustainable, um, mm-hmm. the energy efficiency is always sort of an open question. And, and how do you know what you're really ending up with and, and the metrics and, and sort of, I, uh, stumbled upon passive house on the inter- internet. Right. And, you know, it was one of the people have sort of an aha moment where it was like, wow, here's something that's actually, uh, has a methodology. You can hit a, a number, um, predictably, and it, and we're talking about a reduction of energy that's really proportionate to the climate change problem that we're facing. Um, so as soon as I saw that, I was like, I have to sign up for the next possible training and then find the next project, you know, to, to make this happen. So you found and, and Passive House as, a, as an answer to the question of how do I quantify energy efficiency at the design stage? Yes. Yeah, very much in that I could be able to go to clients now and say, you know, if we do A, B, C, D, and E, you know, we can end up with a certain result um, that's predictable in terms of energy use, but also in terms of comfort and these other ideas that we're speaking about. Right. Um, the um, the quantifiability, the methodology, the predictability all lent itself to uh being uh, easier to sell to the client. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And then during that process, what was the biggest challenge? You said that you identified a, an opportunity or, or a challenge to, to find, was it materials that you just couldn't find? Yeah. I mean, I think we, we struggled. I mean, it was a big, in, you know, sort of innovation learning curve where we were doing things in terms of thermal bridge free construction and continuous air tightness. Um, 
looking at much more carefully in terms of the the the, the moisture profile of assemblies. Um, there was a lot to learn. It was a lot tricky uh, about it. Um, but you know, one of the things that we found that was really important was to have uh, you know contractors and clients, architects, consultants that were all on the same page in terms of wanting to get it done. Right. Um, so that is a, you know, a big trick to begin with, but then at the end of the day, um, you know, it was really the materials, um, that, uh, there were, weren't a lot of, uh, of options. Uh, today we're, you know, blessed with many, many different window options, although virtually all are still made in Europe. Um, not that many years ago, there were just a couple of window manufacturers that were possible really just one um hrv manufacturer yeah of the quality needed um and in terms of the air tightness which you know was so crucial and central to making it all work um we just saw the tapes uh generally available um and uh and the membranes and other and other uh materials involved in it just not available and the folks that were dealing with them you know were not that interested in the market and still today you know the building supply industry treats it as a curiosity um and is not not they're they're showing more interest but um it's 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 still amazes us that how little they know about um um really low energy high performance construction right right so we, we we thought that you know if uh, having uh, building uh, material suppliers that could come to the table uh, with real knowledge support um, would be a huge benefit. And at the so where you are now, three years down the track, are you at a point where? There's enough knowledge out there for people to come to you and you're there as a supplier or are you having to to do lots of market education and get out there and and tell people what it's all about? Yeah, we have to do a lot of education. Right. Um, We really underestimated how much (laughs) is the big thing. So it's not a case Um, of build it and they'll come? uh, Not yet. Right. Not yet. Um, It's the... It's definitely more and more people are coming and we're thrilled and really pleased that how our sort of brand name recognition has grown and, and the idea of the passive house has grown. Uh, I would say the, 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 and the terminology around passive house has become much more sort of popularized. Um, although it's still a tiny, tiny segment, um, it's, it's becoming, at least people have heard the term now. Yeah. Cause you're, um, you're not exclusively i mean your branding 475 and then your tagline is high performance building supply so there's nothing passive house branding in there right but, well 475 actually comes from the passive house standard but yeah. it's very arcane inside reference <laughs> so tell us tell us what 475 means <laughs> so 475 is the um, imperial translation of the metric standard Yep. Uh, that we use in the United States for the passive house uh, heating demand requirement, which is uh, from 15 kW goes to 14, uh, uh, 14, 4.75 
kilobtus per square foot per year annual heat demand. So the 4.75, we dropped the decimal point and 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 made that our name. Nice. Um, so to put that in perspective, what would be a typical uh, energy demand for a standard construction house in, say, New York? Uh, the typical heat demand, um, the average stock is is somewhere on the magnitude of ninety five. Ninety five, and you're and you're aiming yeah. for four point seven five. Right. So wow. New York City actually has, um, uh, ironically, um, is worse than that the national average in terms of heat demand. It may actually even be at a hundred or more. Not. Exactly sure, but it's right in there. And is that it's because right. of the age of the the building, the housing stock there? Um, yes, I would. Uh, that is certainly part of it, and that the the a lot of the buildings have steam heat um, that's unregulated, poorly sized um, uh, heating plants, and the buildings tend to be overheated. So folks uh, open the windows um, because the buildings are overheated. Yeah. And, and uh, so you're just dumping, dumping heat out. We call them double, double hung window thermostats. Right. Um, yeah, because that's the only so, control that they feel they have. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Now, so I mean, that's a whole other topic: is is retrofitting <laughs> uh, old houses like that. <laughs> We're trying to avoid that for now. <clears throat> but one of the things that I, I I'm interested in is what you see is the the biggest problems with new house design or with existing housing stock where where you operate what are some of the 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 worst things that you see well i i just think um you know in in the, the basic issue is that uh even architects that um you know pretty sophisticated architects um, and builders treat energy efficiency um, as uh, um, as an add-on to the the process um, and what they're doing, and it's kind of like a checking the box, if you yep. will, yep. Um, rather than integrating it from the design process and construction process yeah. um, at the beginning and seeing it how um, energy efficiency and comfort and and all of these factors in high performance, um, air tightness, thermal bridge free construction really um, needs to be uh, and wants to be fully integrated into the design and construction. And they don't, uh, architects typically up to this point just don't have the patience or the bandwidth, um, even though they want to do the right thing. Um, and, and many times they think they are doing the right thing, but it's not whether it's educational process or just experience from working in offices previously, it's not, um, it's, it's not been, uh, culturally, um, emphasized. Yeah. So, so we have buildings that, you know, can be fabulous in many different ways, but they tend to be kind of pastiche in terms of construction in their response to efficiency. Um, and uh, and sustainability issues, you know, a lot of folks would rather just put PV or a green roof on the building, yeah, like glaze a wall, and you know, call it a day, 
then to go through it, it takes to integrate. So, so how yeah. do you convince someone if you're going through this education process and talking to architects, builders, and, and the supply industry, what's your strategy for right. essentially selling sustainability? So, um, you know, it depends. What we like to say is um, it depends on what your your clients are, are looking for. So we have, um, you know, you sell comfort, you sell health, sell energy efficiency we sell climate mitigation um whatever you know we think is going to be the primary button um we really lead um with that and you know in the passive house context and you know we are as you uh within the passive house context we you know very much find that um uh the strength the underlying strength of it is um, that you can uh, sell passive house um, in any number in any one of these channels. Right. Um, so if you want the most comfortable house possible, you know you don't want to sec- settle for second best in terms of comfort. Why should you? Right. Um, uh, then passive house is what you need to, to build. Um, or if you want the best indoor air quality for your family, or or you want to save the most money on your energy bills, have the most economic security in your retirement. What, you know, however it is, um, we definitely try to find the right sort of balance of mes- messaging. And is this uh, you talking to the end client or is it talking to uh, prof- building professionals? This, this context is talking to building professionals and in, in, in how they talk to their clients. Right. I mean, we do a lot of, I don't know, you couldn't really call it coaching, but, um, you know, we do a lot of, um, uh, public awareness and turn and, 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 and information sharing, um, you know, among professionals, yep. uh, and, uh, do a lot of presentations to architecture firms, engineering firms, um, as well as end users. Yeah. Right. So, so in terms of the broader information thing, you know, we really are tied in pretty tight with Passive House, although, you know, we do sell to a wider market. Yep. Uh, the, the, it's definitely much more accessible to us, though, the, the, the higher the expectations are in terms of performance. Yeah, right. Uh, the easier it is. So once the, 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 the architect has decided that they are going for the high performance route, they are pushing towards, or if not Passive House, um, you know, then the discussion shifts um, to really how can we help make the most um, sort of risk-free, um, robust uh, construction that's going to be the easiest to build um, and uh, and communicate that to the whole team. Yep. So, um, and yeah. where does that usually start? Like, if, if someone's embarking on a project. What would be the the priority top sort of three areas that people need to focus on in terms of their design and construction? Um, well, I definitely think uh, in terms of starting out in schematic design on day one, um, you know, thinking about the basic things like um, the massing of the building, the orientation, simple 
you know, obvious um, items, if you will. Um, but then quickly thinking about, you know, the issue of the continuity of the installation, the continuity of the airtightness and integration of things like windows. Um, now, some of that comes into detailing down the road, but it's just really important. If the architects and engineers have these items in their consciousness when they're first setting out in developing the design, they're much like, less likely to end up in sort of dead ends that we yep. have to unpack. And, and that gets painful. Um, we like to say to folks when they discover Passive House or, or other you know, uh, low energy building like this, that uh, the, the project that you're working on currently is probably not the one to try to make it work. Right. Uh, yeah. Wait for the next one. Right. And, and start on day one yeah. um, with it. Uh, because, you know, a lot of the horror stories we see, frankly, around Passive House are people shoehorning Passive House into buildings that weren't meant to be um, and for any number of reasons. And uh, so it's, re it's really about getting in early. And then it's a much softer, softer touch. Yeah, but into but previously you mentioned retrofitting to passive house, but as you mentioned, that was pretty much gutting the the, the building. So you you almost had an yeah. empty shell to start with. So does, yeah. does the same thing apply when you're doing a retrofit? Um, yes, I mean either you're going to be gutting the inside, or you're going to be refacing the entire outside. Yep. I mean, you could do a combination, but that gets tricky, obviously. Um, but um, we just came out actually in our ongoing effort to educate and 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 grow the um, ecosystem. We just came out with our first ebook that's uh, right. freely downloadable off of our website called High Performance Historic Masonry Retrofits. Wow, for free! Um, for free. Is it uh, is it going to stay free or is it? Uh... Oh yes. It'll stay free, and we're working on other uh, ebooks as well. Um, you could get a printed version of the book for a low dollar amount. I forget what it is 30 dollars. Wow. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, so uh, what we show in the high performance historic masonry retrofits um, is kind of a step by step guide. Uh, in in making passive house out of out of our historic buildings, New York, awesome. like many um, many urban centers here, uh, have uh, are are full of these very old buildings, and and uh, you know too often folks are are retrofitting them and kind of uh, defining their sustainability and the fact that they're reusing an old building, yeah. which is great. And then putting but, solar panels on the roof. Yeah, I'm putting solar panels on the roof. Yeah. But they've left virtually all the carbon on the table at that point. Um, and uh, so there's no reason why the, the, that these old brick buildings can't, can't be passive houses as well. Um, so the key thing regarding it, and with many of these where we're in historic districts and you can't wrap the entire outside with, um, with uh, insulation, and new siding on the outside. Um, which which just, is what you'd like to do from a performance point of view? From a performance point of view, you would like to. Um, definitely bring that thermal mass of the masonry within the thermal envelope. Yeah. Um, would be terrific. Uh, and it, it eliminates the 
many penetrations and many complications. But typically we can't due to historic preservation or just aesthetic sensibilities in general um, that, that you wouldn't want to. And so uh, you need to get to the brick face on the inside everywhere, essentially, um, uh, to make sure that the enclosure is going to function to the extent that it needs to. Um, and that means taking out all the plaster work uh, virtually everywhere, unless it's plastered directly on the brick. Um, and if you're doing a historic interior, reconstructing it. So not for the faint of heart, but many yeah. of these buildings have been badly renovated over the years yeah. um, and have been redefined in any number of ways. And uh, so as uh, the city is being revitalized and these buildings are being renovated and new investments are being made, a lot of the... Um, uh, uh, you know, cheap renovations. It's a good opportunity of, of, uh, of the years previously can be ripped out and things can be put straight. Peel, peel back the previous uh, misdemeanors. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, um, we better start uh, winding up, Ken, but uh, sure. you, you mentioned your ebook there. You've also got a blog uh, on your site or, or, or separate of your site. With, yeah, no, it's on our site. On there. Um, and and also some great. I mean, you share a huge amount of information from CAD details to um, design uh, philosophies. One of the things, questions that I get asked quite a lot is what what does the ideal wall look like? And you've got some great drawings in your. I think one of the recent blogs about the um, the benefits of having a, a service cavity and, and how you um, fully insulate that. You mentioned briefly. Um, the the continuity of insulation and air tightness. I know that can be a big challenge for for people yep. the first time round, like getting rid of those those thermal envelopes. You've uh, sorry the the thermal bridges. You've got you've put out a whole bunch of information. Is is most of that free on your website? Yes, um, it's it's all free. Uh, we are big believers in in giving away the information, um, the basic knowledge that's underpinning this and and building the knowledge base in the professional classes particularly i mean we're basically business to business um yeah. and and architects and, and contractors are our customers uh we we deal with building owners as well but yeah. um so we we um write uh, regular sort of building science oriented blog posts and different aspects of high performance construction the details and the ebook are really geared all geared towards professionals um, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, because we find, you know, the professionals by and large, they want to do the right thing. Um, they just, nobody's really pointed out in simple ways. Um, you know, this is better than that. Here are yeah. some examples of how to do it. This is what you need to think about. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, you know, you go into these textbooks, if you will, and, um, it's all very vague. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> you know? I think I think for the for the homeowner, the consumer, and consumer as well, it's also really good to know that that stuff is available. And because what I find is that we're in a situation now where a lot of end clients are more educated sometimes about these specific issues or about say passive house than a designer who who knows their trade but. Ha who may not have come across these ideas before. And sometimes it's useful for the consumer to point to these sorts of things and say, hey, look, go and read this stuff because you'll, you'll understand it. 
and then we can be on the same page with it. Yes, that's absolutely right. Um, the, it's it's amazing how well educated many of the the end user customers are, and it, it kind of makes sense too in that um, they are the um, the the first adopters, the trailblazers, yeah. the the innovators, yeah, really. Um, yeah. And uh, so they're thinking about these things, and so it it is a nice mix. And it's true the some of the the more conservative um, in in terms of knowledge uh, can be the professionals because they you know they have a way that they do things and it's successful for yeah. them. Yeah, what got them there? <laughs> so, exactly. Hey, look, where where can people find you, Ken, and and uh, and and four seven five? Yes, so we are uh, online at 475.com. That's spelled out, F-O-U-R-S-E-V-E-N-F-I-V-E.com. And uh, we are, um, we distribute, we supply, distribute um, high-performance building products across the U.S. um, and in Canada as well. Uh, Mainly um, air sealing tapes, gaskets, membranes, intelligent vapor control membranes by Proclima, which is the leading German manufacturer. We supply leading passive house certified and compatible skylights by Lamalux, another uh, German manufacturer. And the third um, leg, if you will, primary leg of, of our product line is a decentralized high efficiency ventilation system by Lunos, um, also German manufacturer based in Berlin. So nice. we are very much in the process of sort of transferring technology, transferring knowledge. We hope to have things manufactured here in the U.S. at some point once we build the demand. And, nice. uh, you know, we're just trying to build the demand as we go. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, Ken. Uh, and congratulations in a good three years. And I hope thank that, you. Uh, that that trend does continue to grow. And uh Hopefully, you maybe your reach might even grow beyond uh, U.S. and Canada. Well, we'll we'll see. One step at a time. The U.S. <laughs> and Canada are plenty big for us. That's true. That's true. There's, some, there's a lot of market there. Yeah. Hey, well, well, all the best, Ken. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All righty. So, what did you think of that? I have a great program of architects that I'm really looking forward to interviewing throughout uh, 2015. And I came across Ken uh, on Twitter, and he they do some great posts out there and provide lots of really great information. They are a product supplier, and I'm interested in your thoughts if you'd like to hear from more product suppliers on the show. I know that um, there is a – some people don't like that because they don't necessarily want uh, to be influenced by, by product suppliers, but – I think Ken's coming from such an honest place that he he saw that there was a need for people looking for high-performance products, and that's why I wanted to get him on the show. And I also want to point out that um, this is a a sponsored show as well. So uh, Ken um, has been a supporter of this episode, and 475 is, is sponsoring this episode Again, I'd like to know how you feel about that and uh, if, if you think that uh, is um, worthwhile and useful for you uh, because I, like Ken, really want to help make the design process as easy as possible and get right the right information but also the right product so that you can get the 
in product of a high performance house that uh, that you want to do. So I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, you can email me directly, matthew at homestylegreen.com, and you can find all the information about this podcast and this episode at homestylegreen.com forward slash 98. Thanks very much. Have a great week. Go make a better place to live.